Hey guys, how's it going? It's me, Paul, again, as always, and with me is Nathan. Hey. A little sicker I'm... than usual. Yeah, it's all. Great, so he'll be talking less than usual, which might be a godsend. But, yeah. For, yeah. But for now, we have a special treat. We're actually talking to most, if not all, of the team behind the game Default Dan. Um, maybe, like, Team Default? Does that work? I don't know. I think that works, man. I think that oh, works. Okay, so we'll go with that. Um, so I am literally just meeting you guys now for the first time ever, so why don't you go ahead and maybe each say your name and what you did on the project. Starting with um, Bisco? Brisco? Sorry? Brisco, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, Britt Brisco here. Uh, pretty much uh, I'm just kind of the project manager. Uh, of the of the team, so to say, you know, we've been doing uh, some competitions uh, at Global Game Jams where you have 48 hours to kind of throw games together, and this is where you know Dan kind of started. So I just make sure everybody gets everything done on time. So I'm really just bossing people around. He does like the web management stuff too. Okay, so he would be the one I was talking to on the main email then. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So next we got we got Matt. So I'll let you take that, Matt. All right. Yeah, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm kind of the lead programmer, or only programmer, and designer uh, for the game. And that's pretty much all I did, because I didn't have time for anything else. So, <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Leonard Nicholas? Yeah, that's that's me. Um, I'm, I'm the animator. I uh, I did most of the animations on it. <clears throat> I did, um, uh, and, and what I do right now is basically freelance animation here in Atlanta. Oh right, yeah. Okay, so you you did that Gangnam Style Default Dan parody I just watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was me. What did you think of that? Uh, it was pretty great, and it had me watching the video again, which is. Why I, oh, I apologize. Uh, it's important cultural phenomenon. It's over seven hundred million views. So update. Oh anyway. <laughs> All right, and uh, we got William Buckley. Hey. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Did sound design for the project and uh, uh, just general uh, humorous disposition of things, and we bounced a bunch of ideas off each other in kind of a roundtable fashion. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, was Jim having problems? You were saying? I don't think he's got a mic set up, but he he's the uh, composer. He did the music, and he actually came up with the original concept just in a Skype message. So I guess we got to give him credit for that too. Right on. Yeah. Uh, that might be a good place to start, actually. It's so. What I've the reason I'm intrigued with your game in the first place is we had a conversation Nathan and I about a month ago, and the question was raised of what would happen if there was a Mario type game where everything that was usually good would kill you. Specifically, if you collected a hundred coins, even by accident, you would die. If you collected a mushroom, you would die. Stuff like that. So when I heard that you guys had right. actually created this game, I was super excited to see what this was like. <laughs> so, um, I guess the first thing I have to say is some of the level design, like whoever decided some of the, the placement for coins, fuck you, because that is <laughs> some of those coins are ridiculous. Um, second of all, I really love what you guys are going for with this. Like, I didn't really truly appreciate it until I had been playing for 20 minutes. I got it in my mind that, no, you can't collect coins, you can't get hearts, you can't do any of this. And yet, I 
subconsciously find myself consistently still going towards coins every now and then when I'm trying to get past a part. So it really started making me think of like how ingrained this ideal is in my head from years of platforming and like Mario and all that sort of thing. And that you just literally by default, I am killing like myself. It's Pavlovian response at some point, right? Not like even Pavlovian. So, shiny. Not even so much like I need to collect it, but I just don't feel a danger there when I'm it's concentrating. It's like a rote memorization concept that you have to actually go against the programming that you've done over the years of playing these games. Right, exactly. And that I found super intriguing. So congratulations on making me hate myself, first of all, I guess. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that, but, that was the point. I mean, the theme was uh, I have the beholder. That was the theme for the jam. So um, Jim says, rather than approach it literally, we did, we approached it figuratively from the design. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, what would you classify Default Down as if you had to, like a massacre platformer type game, a parody platformer, maybe a satire of some sort? It, yeah, it's got a little bit of an identity crisis there, but I, I'd say <laughs> it's it's a little bit of everything. Like we wanted to to go away from parody, uh, but we we kind of ended up with everything just kind of turned out to be Mario. We that wasn't the intention. We wanted to kind of uh, mix together ideas from a lot of different games, but um, for some reason, it, everything just ended up as Mario. So it, it sort of turned into a Mario parody by accident. Right. But I think at, at its core, it, it's still it, it's pretty much a, a masochistic platformer. Right. Um, so. Just could we ask about the other games that we're playing into inspiration for it? Like I had some ideas that of of a few, but I'll let you answer first before I ask about mine. But yeah, we had actually chit chatted quite a bit about like, okay, what can we grab from Zelda? What can we grab from Donkey Kong? What can we grab from Mega Man? And you know, they're just not quite as memorable concepts of many of the of the things that were actually in the Mario series. Because that just yeah. really sticks out in your head. A lot of the elements from those games also, they only sort of apply to the mechanics in those games. And we can't have the mechanics from every platformer in one. Exactly. So we, we kind of just had to stick with Mario. And, you know, once you get past the generic collectible, uh, the spikes, you know, what what else really is there? We had a hard time thinking up, like, uh, what what kinds of elements we could sub sub subverse to make the game work yeah and i think one of the really cool things is uh you know matt matt started thinking about you know the uh falling through the floor and coming through the ceiling or jump through the ceiling and come to the floor and that, that really added a whole nother level to it it just mm-hmm. uh, set the game apart to where we started getting kind of a puzzle game on top of it right for sure um nathan what were some of your I was, it was really specific. It was basically just the way Default Dan explodes reminded me of Explosion Man when you kill a scientist. <laughs> but I'm not sure if you guys played much of Twisted Pixel stuff. Like, it, kind of that devious, cheeky sense of humor seemed to be in both. And also the pseudo 3D. Well, I also like when you explode, game. your body parts can still collect items. <laughs> that's kind of great, too. Like, yeah, actually, one of the first start- bonus levels is like you have to die in a certain way so you will collect as many coins as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, like, when I was, we, we had to think of a way for him to die, and I kind of wanted to have, like, a bunch of different deaths and, and have, you know, humor come from that, but we kind of took the easy way out and just created a bunch of red circles uh, <laughs> that gave him a little bit of physics when he dies, and then. 
we kind of had the idea, why not just take a, an image of default Dan, cut him up, and apply like his body parts to these instead of making them circles. And and uh, people thought it was just hilarious, so it, so we kept it. And uh, it, originally, when you when you collided with a coin, you you explode immediately. But we had a little bit of a delay there, so you have just a split second to relish the uh, the victory <laughs> of getting that coin before you explode. Yeah, uh, and that added a lot to the game too. Pavlovian sound effect when you collect it, you hear the ding, and then you realize, <laughs> oh shit! At the same time, the, the sound <laughs> is really important too because when you explode immediately on touching it, you, it just kind of overlaps with an explosion. So that delay sort of helps with that too. But but yeah, I just I had the idea of of doing a bonus level where you try to collect coins, and that's what sort of led to letting body parts collect items as well, because that wasn't part of the original game. That wasn't in the what we submitted to the jam. Right. That was... Uh, how like, much of what we see now is... Like, how much did you have at the end of the jam? Like, just one level, or a basic... There were three levels. You can actually still download the jam version from the YouTube video, uh... For the for the game jam, it's just sitting in my Dropbox public folder. Okay. Uh, there are three levels. They're pretty much the same as the first first three levels of the game now, except there's no trophies. Uh, they're a lot harder with a lot more blind jumps that just pissed you off. There were no checkpoints that pissed you off even more. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but people surprisingly didn't quit playing. Like that was, I was sort of like angry with the game, and I, I didn't think it was any good. And then. Like, the final day, I was surprised that people were actually playing through the whole thing, and that's the first time I really started feeling good about it, so... They were uh, addicted to it, trying to get it done. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, kind of funny. I, I asked my but, college... Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I asked a college friend to go ahead and download it in beta and stuff like that, and, you know, I get a couple of texts like, hey, what, what, why, why am I getting killed when I collect coins and, you know, things like that. And then, you know, I didn't hear from him for a few hours, and it was, like, later on that evening and everything. I get a text going, hey, that negative 53 up in the top corner, is that how many times I've died? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and also the, the thing is, on, on the original um, get the jam version, the uh, enemies and stuff actually look more like the Mario-esque enemies, whereas, you know, this final version, we got the cupcakes and things like that. So, Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the concept wasn't really fully uh, polished out in the jam. We we had enemies were actually still enemies. Those little flying goombas and the walking goombas would still kill you. Oh, but okay. It, it was uh it was reverted in that to kill them you had to jump into them from underneath instead of on top of them. Right. Uh, so that it was sort of backwards that way, but it, it just wasn't consistent with the rest of the game. So we figured if it if it's normally bad, it has to be good. So we introduced power ups. Uh, which were originally mushrooms, stars, and fire flowers, but to to make it a little bit less Mario-like, we we changed that to cupcakes, uh, flailing heart men, and kept the fire flower the same because that was one of my favorite mechanics. Yeah, setting you on fire rather than being able to harness it. Yeah, it actually it actually makes you slightly faster than your normal running speed, and. Yeah. You may have noticed that you don't die if you continue to run. Right. You only die if you stop moving. So you can actually use it to, to uh, as a tool for speed runs to get faster times. Right. Right. If you have the whole level memorized. The first time you meet a cupcake, that cupcake's a jerk. It's <laughs> just in the worst spot, and I keep tr- jumping way too early. And god damn it, every time, every single time, he got me. Um, so I was speaking a little bit about how. 
since I've been playing video games for so long and I have this ingrained idea in my mind of what platformers are and the mechanics of a platformer, and this kind of goes against that completely, what feedback have you gotten from people who maybe don't have that experience, like the years of training to look for certain things in a platformer? Like, is this a thing that really targets people that have been playing for a long time? I think... Um, I... I don't. I haven't really come across any people that are so unfamiliar with with platformers that they they don't immediately go for coins when they see them. I would so think like we call those people noobs. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I but I have I have come across people that um, they just don't know why they're blowing up. They'll just they'll walk into the coin a hundred times in a row and just stop playing. And they they just never the cause and effect between coins and death just never clicks in their brain. Which, in a way, sort of like validates the concept because that—that's the whole point—is that they it, it goes against what what you normally would think, but that also kind of hurts the game at the same time. As because <laughs> if they don't know what to do, they're just going to quit playing. Um, it's so strange that they don't ever reach the conclusion. That's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it, I get it. It's inverted. Or they don't even like, try to do something different. Exactly. Like, I guess it's broken because obviously coins are good. <laughs> I, think, I think another thing, if if you look, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but the little signs everywhere, they, they kind of tell you what you think you want to do, but they're actually lying to you the whole time. So I think some people read that first one that's saying, collect as many coins as you can, you know, and that's what they do. And, you know, it's, it's funny, though. You lied to me. <laughs> so, um, obviously... <laughs> Mario is a huge inspiration for a lot of this, and there's some other little things I've noticed, like when you finish a level, it looks exactly like when you finish a level in Sonic with the two-part, like where the goal, where it would say goal normally or whatever, Sonic completed whatever act, that part with how many trophies you collected in your time and all that sort of thing looks very similar, so there's obvious parallels to things you people have probably grown up with. Uh, what are some of your favorite developers or recent and classic games? Hmm. Who wants to start? <laughs> I guess uh, just for me, um, you know, my classic games tend tend to be always growing up with, with Sonic and, and Mario. So uh, seeing those and, and still playing those even through today, not necessarily Sonic, but Mario games and stuff. I've just always really enjoyed those style of games. Right on. I'm sort of a Nintendo dork as well. Uh, my favorite game series are probably uh, F-Zero, Metroid, Prime. Uh, I also really like Street Fighter because I'm, I'm a fighting game nerd too, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned about Sonic looking like uh, that... Uh, the ending, the ending sequence looking like Sonic because I've actually had no idea. I, I, I came up with that whole like spiked edge thing, um, and the whole trophies appearing and all that stuff just, just from nowhere, never having connected that to Sonic. So that's sort of interesting. I guess those kind of ideas just, um, just kind of float around in all sorts of games. Yeah, great minds think alike, sort of thing. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> Keep thinking. <laughs> oh man, I definitely uh, I grew up on so many games. It's, it's hard to pick the one game that uh, that that uh, you know that 
would inspire me the most. But um, I was definitely pushing for the 3D look um, on this team. And, and 3, 3D in 48 hours was is usually not something you want to attempt at a game jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, somehow these guys are this is so amazing. They were able to pull it off with, with me on this one. So making them 3D was a huge deal. <laughs> Yeah, we like, did Donkey Kong it Country about, style. What was it about 3D specifically? Like, just is it more expressive? Do you feel, or it has that depth, or what? What? What was it about that? That really, you had to have it. Like I said, I grew up on most of the games that I was growing up on was uh, was in the in the Nintendo 64 days. I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you okay. guys, I think. Um, oh, so okay. when I th- when I think of side scrolls, I really think kind of. I love Mario. I love Sonic. Those are those are great. But uh, when I think of games, I usually think 3D and uh, 2D. Kind of like kind of have that look. Did huh? anyone here Glover? Glover. Okay, I'm a crazy <laughs> person. There was this there was this platformer named Glover. Glover, Glove, and it was pseudo 3D, but whatever. It's fine. It's, it's, okay. it's okay, name. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. I think sometimes, you know, when, when we were pushing that 3D um, and, and Leonard helping us out with that, when you're in a competition like that, uh, the 48-hour the game jam, and you're going up against 20-plus teams, you know, over 200 people there, um, you definitely have to have something that sets your game apart. And most games coming there have that flash 2D style, and, and Leonard just really knocked it out of the park by giving us that 3D look to the game. Yeah, sort of a side note on, on the 3D is what's really interesting I, I found about doing uh, 3D rendered sprites in a 2D engine is that you can apply as many after effects like motion blur and really nice lighting as much as you want because it's exactly the same as, as any other 2D sprite once you load it into the engine. So uh, that was sort of interesting. Um, like if you look at the, the main menu, just it looks like it's in some awesome 3D engine, but it, you know it's just it's just a 2D game. It's, it's like the original Donkey Kong Country. If you ever played that, it's, yeah, it's the yeah. same kind of thing they did there, but. This is something I, that I never thought about until I actually did it. Is Leonard was just like, "Hey, can I apply motion blur to this because he's moving really fast?" And he's like, "Why not?" And we did it, and it just it just looked amazing. So no difference in performance. Right on, uh, William. Did you have any favorite developers or games? Um, yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I'm a, probably a little older than some of these guys, and I kind of grew up on. Well, I had the original Radio Shack Pong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the solid state device that connects, and uh, uh, I first system was an Intellivision, which yeah, that's super old. But uh, but yeah, I've been a bit big fan, like a more PC gamer than console gamer these days. So I'm a big fan of like pretty much most most of the stuff Blizzard puts out. Um, you know things like that. Right. Right. On. Audible sigh. Yeah. 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 Let's sigh. <laughs> <laughs> And I just need to clarify, I just looked at footage of Glover. That game's nothing like I imagined. It is a Mario <laughs> clone, so apologies to the Yeah, Glover I just fans. looked it up, and I didn't understand what you were getting at from a few screenshots. The <laughs> led me to believe it was more like Raymond or something. It's totally wrong, though. It doesn't look anything like what we were talking about. He's in the cough syrup there, Nate. <laughs> I know. That must be it. I'm going to blame Advil. They, they did that. <laughs> Advil's fault. <laughs> Uh, okay, right. so you guys created Default Den. Um, it looks like you're still in testing stages, and you're asking people to go on your site and to download it and give any feedback they can and whatnot. Um, when you're looking to maybe make some money off this game, what platforms are you looking to bring it to? 
Uh, well, we're looking to finish the PC build probably by by January. And I don't know if you're familiar with Game Maker Studio, but yep. it, you can pretty much just give them money and they'll just let you export to just about any platform, uh, Android, iOS, uh, even HTML5, okay. and there's more coming. They've got uh, Windows 8 uh, App Store, uh, you know, Mac App Store. But, um, yeah, we're, we're probably going for a uh, mobile release next. Um, right. We're still kind of on the fence about what to do since, you know, it's only been two months. And, you know, some of us just met each other for the first time. And we're not like an, like an official game studio or anything. So we'll probably end up uh, releasing it for free. And mm-hmm. then seeing, you know, what if it catches on, what people think about it. And if people are still interested in, in working on the game, we might... Uh, make some more content, uh, some DLC, and, and try and sell that. But we're, we're not really sure about anything uh, at this point. Well, that's kind of touches on an interesting question. I didn't really think about that. But, like, did you guys all meet up at this game jam or just in local development kind of hangouts? Or Yes. Kind of so, uh, huh? so, actually, we've, we've all kind of met up uh, through the game jams, um, except for uh, me and Bill. We actually work together. But yeah. uh, me, me, me and Matt... Um, we met up a couple years ago at the first game jam uh, with our other artist uh, uh, Ian, who couldn't make it to the call today. But uh, us, okay. we've done it for a few, I guess, about five game jams so far. And then we uh, picked up Jim, uh, the second game jam, and he's kind of been with us, uh, helping out with music and sound effects and some art. And, uh, we got Leonard and Bill on board this. Uh, Build two game jams to go, and then uh, Leonard just passed game jam. And uh, yeah, Leonard just kind of walked up to us like at the end of forming teams, and just kind of joined the team last second. And he was like a huge asset, so it's pretty awesome. But and me and Jim actually go way back through uh, through high school. Nice. So I guess in that regard, what experience do you all have from the past that made this possible? I've uh, I've done I've done game three game jams. Uh, that's I think what in two years, um, back when I was in college, and um, the first one we did we went incredibly elaborate and it was supposed to be this 3D animation. We had like 12 people on our team, <laughs> and uh, 12 people trying to work together in 48 hours still is not enough, you know. And um, and and the time before that it didn't go so well. We had bad programmers. I I was so lucky. I, I usually just go to hang out. <laughs> and, uh, and see what we can do. And I walked up and I found these guys, and uh, they they knew what they're doing. So this one turned out really good. Nice. Yeah, I've been uh, programming and designing games for about five years. Uh, I have a lot of a lot of crappy projects I've never finished. Some projects I have finished. Nothing that's ever really garnered much attention. Uh, but that's pretty much my experience. I've done about five five or six game jams, however many there have been. Um, but the bulk of my experience has just come from the work I do on the side. Just uh, I've got a, a pretty big project I've been working on for uh, over a year now that's sort of dying slowly. And I'm mm-hmm. clinging on to it for dear life because it's kind of my baby. I'm working on it with Jim and another guy. But uh, well, we're starting new stuff all the time. And Default Dan, uh, after the jam, the art being so amazing, I was like, I just had to suggest that we continue working on it because you don't get the chance to work with that kind of art, uh, you know, without without paying somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, uh, and so myself, uh, 
I'm pretty much I am a project manager uh, as my other job, uh, the one that actually awesome project manager. Yeah, so uh, that's that's kind of where where I fit in. You know, I, w- I went to the first game jam. Uh, I can't do art. I'm a semi programmer. I know a little bit, but but not nothing. You know, anything close to what Matt can do. So pretty much going into there, I was I was kind of going in with just tons of ideas for games, and I thought that would be cool. And met up with Matt and Ian, and and uh, found out that. You really need a project manager when you're when you have to build a game from scratch in 48 hours, and so that's kind of where I've just fit, fit in every year and made sure we hit that that uh, deadline. And actually, most times at game jams, uh, we can kind of finish our game with you know eight nine hours to spare, just so we can test and, and perfect. And so. Yeah, I remember he was uh, standing over my shoulder like that guy from The Office as I was animating. He was like, um, "How's it going over there, Leonard?" I felt all this pressure. Oh. <laughs> you got those TPS reports? Yeah, I'm gonna need you to come in on uh, Catterday. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like that, really laid back. I was like, "Ah." <laughs> so, what are some? Like, I'm trying to think. Peter. Sorry, just about like yeah. budgeting time or whatever. Like, how much time do you set aside for kind of? just feedback and play testing and prototyping, I guess, is a big thing I've been hearing a lot of people really endorsing, like spending most of your time seeing what doesn't work and throwing it away. But like, is that, do you have time to do all those phases in 48 hours really? Or? Yeah. No, I, mean, okay. I, I hear a lot of that. I hear a lot, like every jam, they encourage you to prototype and, and um, throw away, you know, two ideas before you really commit to one. And, um, I just don't think there's enough time to really do that and actually finish something. Uh, we, we, we really just we come up with something the first the first few hours and um, they're, they're usually the, the most some of the most stressful hours of the jam just trying to, to think of something that's gonna work and we just stick to it. Uh, we, did, we did throw out a lot though. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yeah we did throw out a lot of ideas, but we never actually start prototyping anything. And I think that's kind of what we do is when we sit down, we take those first couple hours and we just think through like two or three versions of a game, like just quickly on paper. And then we decide, you know, we don't want to do that. Uh, Like for this past jam, the Eye of the Beholder, I think the one we kind of wanted to do, but we knew it was just going to be overplayed was the fact of, you know, getting a character. And when you uh, switch between two characters, they see different things. And and we thought that that would be a really cool idea. But uh, we, we decided to go with this idea because we figured it would be, you know, overplayed, and we were right. You know, we saw the games come out, and there was four or five games that used that exact concept. So, like, yeah. they see the world in a different light, or antagonist, protagonist, or right, like, 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 press a button, and reality shifts, and the colors, oh, okay. and platforms are in different places, that kind of thing. Okay, so an alternate dimension, or something. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, yeah, we had really come out with a, you know, a few different ideas were thrown out and everything, and you know, really not very many made it past that, hey, Bill, that's a terrible idea. Shut up and sit down. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, is the, having never been to a game jam, like, is the entire process, like, it's like, you walk in, they, they announce what the theme is, and then you start brainstorming, like, you can't really come in armed with any ideas yep. already. That's exactly it. It's, uh, you, you come in, and at 6 o'clock, uh, they, well, about 5 o'clock, they kind of start letting you break up in a team, throwing out, like, uh, fake ideas just so you can kind of brainstorm and, and meet people and try to form a team and then at six o'clock they hand you the theme and, and you got to go with it you know okay 
I, I came armed. I had my tower and um, all my uh, rigging tools. So. <laughs> all right. Cool. Cool. I I just yeah I've been meaning to attend stuff like that, but I guess I missed the most recent one in our area. So. And we don't have a yeah. lot of them here. We need to change that, dude. It was hard we're enough to get. Area. It was hard enough to get an IGDA meeting. Yeah, yeah, we're in southern Alberta, uh, Canada, so. Yeah, I think the next oil. one's coming up uh, end of January. Uh, I think it's January twenty fifth. Uh, next the global uh, one. Yeah, that's the global one. So. Okay, I guess we'll start hearing more about that. Although that's around Magfest time, right? So, interesting. Well, Magfest is the beginning of January. Right, so we'll leave there enthusiastic, and then. I or tired and depressed. Either way, we'll be good. Yeah game designers that way <laughs> yeah pretty much both <laughs> yeah a nice mixture of both so what are your guys thoughts on kickstarter or Greenlight? they're just kind of I... recent stuff that's been infecting like or affecting not necessarily infecting the entire well affecting indie developers specifically yeah i, yeah. I think I think green uh, kickstart kickstart is, is an amazing concept. It's it's great. It really provides opportunities. I have um friends who who uh who have their own studios and they're and they're using Kickstarter to get you know funded. And uh, but I do know one guy who's just been working on that project forever. You know, so uh, meeting <laughs> you still need experience when you start kickstarting something. You know, so. Uh, Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much experience with that. I've seen. I've seen some of the really cool stuff coming out, you know, through Kickstarter and and where people are building their own systems and they're you know funding it through uh, promises of pre-sales and stuff. So it definitely looks cool. And and you know, with with uh, projects coming up, and and you never know if if we decide to to take what we make at the next game jam and and take that to a level like we did with Default Dan. So so it might be something. Yeah, the internet. The internet's just generally revolutionizing a lot of things just on a social level. Um, just the idea of crowdfunding and crowdsourcing and sort of getting people kind of getting their finances and ideas and things like that together for a common cause. It's really interesting, the social dynamic that it's, you know, <laughs> in, you know inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of sidestepping a lot of conventional business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you'd think, you'd think you're sidestepping some of it, but, um, uh, for example, uh, you're working with uh, your funders, and your funders, you're, you're giving them a lot of promises, usually on Kickstarters, if you look. And uh, so it's really cool, like, it seems like they're your shareholders when you, uh, when you think about it. So mm-hmm. it's not that much different, it's just um, the internet now, and, and it's, you know, a younger, hipper look. <laughs> I said hip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> It's a kinder, gentler, hipper nation. <laughs> so for something like Greenlight, Steam's Greenlight, is that something that you can see really helping indie developers, or does it all just kind of boil down to a popularity contest online? Like, we've heard some mixed thoughts on it so far, so... And I guess it's still kind of in its early your days, so we're not sure yet what the verdict is, but just thoughts so far. Uh- um, I would just say, you know, right now we're actually entered, we entered Default Dan in the competition with uh, Steam and and the uh, Yo-Yo games uh, to try to see if we can uh, win some startup money, you know, to maybe make this happen and get it on all the different platforms. Right. So, I mean, as of now, we're actually seeing to where you know we were worried that it'd be a, a a popularity contest, but it looks like Steam's actually you know taking the time to to look through and um, actually vote for some games. 
And what we've noticed is is seeing you know our game and, and all the people that have, have rated the game, which we you know thoroughly appreciate. Uh, that you know sometimes it is and and you know with the popularity contest, but we've kind of noticed that there's a lot of people actually out there looking at the games, making comments, and and it is helping these indie gamers. Uh, unlike before, there was really no place to actually put those games out there and, and try to get uh, the public to be able to see them. Yeah, the interactive community is probably going to be a big help with uh, that type of thing, too. Because um, actually one of the features that were added, uh, Matt, someone uh, from, I don't know, somewhere emailed you about the whole ZX key thing. About their, They had a weird keyboard, and they lived in... Oh, yeah, he lived in Switzerland, and uh, they have a, Q, a Quart Z keyboard instead of Quart E. So their Y and Z, Z keys are flipped for some reason. And so oh. since uh, we control Z and X... He was having to stretch his pinky from X to, to the Y key to, to, to play, and it just—I I pretty much just made the Y and Z key interchangeable, so so that he could play. But there's yeah, a lot of stuff like that you don't think about until people complain. That's got to be a trip getting a message from like across the world saying, "Yo, you got to fix this because I want to play your thing." <laughs> you know, it was all of what like uh, a real quick fix. I mean, within minutes or so you were like yeah go ahead and download the new version <laughs> i guess just going on that train thought more what's something what's a hurdle you've each had to jump over to make this become as like what you want it to be i guess you'll all have separate answers but maybe we'll start with brit yeah i think um i think the main thing has just been time so you know we got um Everybody on the team, we all have jobs, so so to be able to do this in our free time and, and actually make it to where, you know, in just a couple months, we've taken it from where it was to where it is now, and, you know, um, actually getting some Saturdays together where everybody can just meet up and, and work on it, but, yeah, like, yeah definitely. Schedules syncing up, that seems like it would be the toughest part with more yeah. and more people. Oh, no, not really. Actually, the way they set it up is really cool. It's uh, we're, we're all communicating on one um, Facebook uh, page and uh, oh, okay. private page and anytime we have a little list a dock that that switches and everyone and, and Dropbox helps a lot too you can see all the updates so uh, man the internet's just way I'm way sort better. of a a perfectionist uh, <laughs> when it comes to games and I, I never worked with a team this big before and so I guess a hurdle for me was just learning to trust everybody to do their job and not freaking out about you know, the time deadlines, uh, it, it turned out really well. Like, I was just amazed at the work that people were just dropping in the Dropbox. I'd, I'd get to work and load it up and be like, holy crap, he just posted a new animation and there's like 120 frames and he did that overnight. Like, what the hell? <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that, that's a huge hurdle. You know, we, we have jobs and working stuff overnight to get it done. Um, but it's a really good game and it re it's really something I think we're all passionate about, so... Yeah, another thing is that uh, programming, I, I spend like all of my time making games, especially in, in, when I, in something like this, when there's a, a project I'm really excited about, and especially if there's a deadline or something. I spend so much time making games, I, I don't have any time to do anything else or to like like catch up on the news or like read articles and learn things. So I, I kind of feel like an idiot for most of the time I'm developing <laughs> And, like, people ask me a question, like, uh, what do you think about this? you be like, I have no idea what that is because I've been making a game for the past year. Like, you I have haven't a new, anything new in a president? year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like going to, like, a bomb shelter and 
come out and like my, my vocabulary will like be cut in half after I finish developing something. So I kind of have some time to recover. Mm. Taking a two week break right now from default. Did you yeah. vote, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Jim says Jim says he's terrible with happy music, which is something he had to do for this game. Uh, he's like he was working on me with one of my long term projects called Zero Vector, and it was very atmospheric cinematic music that he based on like the Tron uh, soundtrack, the recent Disney Tron movie, and this is the first time he's ever had to do like straight up like. Uh, just happy, gayful music, and uh, he said he had a lot of trouble, trouble with it, but it turned out pretty well, I think. It turned out really well. Awesome. It's just in relation. Oh, unless was there more answers on that question? I just kind of want to transition from the bomb shelter mentality into asking about recent gaming stuff because we kind of talked about classic games, but like, are you guys playing anything recently? Like, just curious, kind of what what's going on out there. Yeah, I, I actually have a hard time keeping up with games. Uh, just just from playing, from it's like when you have free time, it's like I have to make the choice. It's like I just got done with like an eight-hour shift at work. I can either spend the rest of the night making, working on a game, or playing this game I bought a month ago and I haven't even played yet. Mm. So it, it's it's hard to keep up. But uh, I'm playing. I think I'm playing Dishonored right now, which is oh, okay. awesome. I'm playing Space Chem, which I'm addicted to because I'm obsessed with puzzle games. Uh, uh, that's me. So. Yeah, and I, I think with me, I've just been playing uh, like the the D3, StarCraft 2 kind of stuff uh, on the computer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, I have I have the Xbox and everything, and, and you know, probably going to be playing a little bit of Halo 4 and stuff, but for the most part, um, you know, I, don't, I don't play often just because I'm always working on other things, so. Okay. Uh, I definitely haven't played a video game or been addicted like I used to in at least two or three years. I'm, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that, but uh, I'm I'm all about the animation, and so I usually watch the movies and all the cartoons that have come out and whatnot. I'm mostly on okay. that side of things. So is Wreck It Ralph good or? Alright. <laughs> 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 <Nah. laughs> That's recent animated films yeah, about yeah. games. Wreck It Ralph is definitely good. Though, I can tell you that. Uh, okay. Did you go see it? <laughs> yeah, I went to a pre-screening the week before it came out, and it was just—it's it, awesome. It's one of those that, if you love the animated movies, it's awesome. If you're a video game nerd, like like I'm sure we all are, it just there's so many different uh, references in there to every single game you could ever imagine, uh, including back to stuff that Bill probably remembers. So. Yeah. <laughs> Including we included you, Bill. See. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the old school triple action, and you know the. Never mind. I'm just gonna body. A little bit of after, you know, the uh, arcade game, <laughs> the joystick, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, there was at least a couple of Galaga references in there too. Let's see. What, what about you, Bill? What kind of games you been up to? Uh, lately I've been uh, crap. I have a lot less time to play these days. Um, I don't know. I just actually finally, you know, a month and a half after it came out, finally got the Mists of Pandera. I kind of broke down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how is it? I need to know about this right now. Um, the starting area for the pandas aren't isn't bad. They uh, did a pretty pretty good. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, there's a nice big little Easter egg surprise at the end where you're just like, wow, that's kind of clever. Is there um, the chance that I will lose my life again? <laughs> um, I the jury's out on that one. Um, I'm really trying to maintain the self control to to still actually get the 
required, you know, four and a half hours of sleep a night and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but it's uh, it's not bad. I mean, before that, I was playing some uh, Guild Wars 2. Um, it wasn't too bad. Um, you know, I'm still pretty stuck on StarCraft 2, especially uh, user-created maps like Squadron TD, um, things like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just finally got back into the WoW, and I honestly haven't even touched my high-level characters. I've been working on my new monk. Um slowly but surely i think are the animations for the monk really as good as people keep saying ah uh, they're pretty clever i mean they were rigged up pretty nice and they're they're kind of comical and you know sort of slapsticky um but yeah i mean the they've made a few i mean since vanilla wow like originally because i was actually baited it a long time ago um what well, god that's been like eight years now eight years yeah oh dear um They've made a lot of improvements. I mean, they do have a 64-bit client out. They uh, have, uh, you know, uh, a lot of lighting effects and shadows and, you know, volumetric kind of kind of things going on. Take care of, you know, take advantage of the, some of the new new graphical technologies. I'm just amazed that they've been able to uh, um, continue to breathe life into it, and it's gone well beyond triple the typical life expectancy of an MMORPG. I mean, it's... Well, really? it really set its own standard for MMORPGs that every other company has had to try to replicate in some way. Well, one of the things they did, too, is they, they brought it to the common person. They've actually carved out a niche. They've uh, created a much larger market that, you know, it's not just for cat-assing nerds sitting there, you know, spending their whole lives playing. You know, it actually became somewhat trendy. Um, even the non-nerds started to play, which... You know, gives people like us a bad rap for breaking it down, downloading it. <laughs> yeah. So, as the animation expert, Leonard Pandas, yay or nay? Uh, game animation for me has always been an issue. Um, I, I I usually go for the cuts, the the sequences. Um, the, the animations from this game are good. It's good game animation, if I put it that way. Um, that's yeah. I'm gonna put it that way. <laughs> There, there's just a, I believe there's a huge difference from when you're thinking of you know the 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 class or the school of animation where you have to have things you know flow and you have to have squash and stretch you don't have any of that in game so calling it animation and I don't know I'm one of those guys those animation types. <laughs> All right, Nathan. What? Nathan. Pandas. Yeah. Pandas better than cats. No. What? Better than ponies? Like, they don't even mate. They're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know if you saw Planet Earth, but, like, they're just not thinking through, dude, this whole baby thing. So. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Plus, I'm sitting beside a cat right now, so I'm biased. Okay, cats or ponies? Well, actually, if you don't answer this the right way, you're going to get the they're shit friends. scratched out of you. <laughs> yeah. So, really, he's he a hostage. This is no longer a recording. This is a hostage situation. <laughs> so, Nathan, I'm sorry, you're yep. going to have to die. Oh, what, all right. Man, harsh. Okay. We're going to miss and you. Dude, Rarity owns a cat, so it's all cool. Ugh. <laughs> oh my god, you killed Nathan! <laughs> you bastards. <sighs> yeah. All right, so I'm completely out of questions, which is why we started talking about panda bears. Nathan! Yeah. Do you have anything left? Uh no, I don't I don't think so. I'm I'm just I want to go to game jams. I want to see stuff. I want to play video games. I like them. 
Yeah. And Game Maker, that that apparently is getting more and more talk. Hotline Miami, game of my personal love, was also made with that. Well, I guess a quick question: uh, What engine are you guys using? Uh, it's it's Game Maker Studio. It's Game Maker. Yeah. Okay. I might have forgot, but but yeah, that's what we're using. I find it amazing for game jams because you can just crank stuff out as fast as you can think it. Uh, and it's it, it, like adding new art in is all really fast too. Like a big big chunk of time always goes to just getting all of the assets people are making and getting them into the engine and into the game and scripting you know the the frames to so everything cycles correctly and that that's all you can do very fast in Game Maker. So you know if you give a team of four Game Maker and another uh, XNA or something and of equal skill. The, the game that's going to come out of Game Maker is, is going to be a lot more polished in 48 hours. Does anybody have any experience with Unity? Yeah, actually, I, I animate for Unity a lot, you know, on jobs and at the, the last game, Game Jam. And um, I, was, I came to the Game Jam, this one, expecting to get on the Unity team. Because, you know, I was like, okay, I'm 3D, and anybody working 3D, they're like, no, we're not doing 3D, it's not impossible. <laughs> so so when, when these guys mentioned game maker i was like what is this sorcery you know but (laughs) it worked out fantastically yeah i took a class on unity uh back when i was in college so i have a little bit of experience with it um i think that was back when they still had javascript which i think they're phasing out now but i haven't used it in probably a couple years and i definitely plan on using it eventually it's just to make a 3d game you need certain skills that i just don't have access to <laughs> right. To actually be able to make something that would go anywhere, so I just had <laughs> kind of stayed away from it for a while. Uh, but it, it's something I, I I want to try at a game jam someday when I get bored of Game Maker. Yeah, uh, prerequisite for any game jam: uh, make sure they have Unity experience. You know, one, one of the things I pride myself on is being a fast animator. So I was confident I could give whatever um, the Unity guys wanted, but. Um, it, it came to the point where sometimes I would I would submit something and they couldn't get it in the engine or they would have the animations kind of wonky and if you really don't have a whole team of awesomeness you have issues of you know non perfection you know yeah right on uh, what is some advice you would each give to someone starting indie game development or looking to get into that scene. I guess starting with Brit. Yeah, I would just say, you know, um, focus on the idea. What, what we found a lot of the times, uh, especially at these, these game jams, it's all really about the idea in the game. Um, just like you see with Default Man, it, you could have we could have done this in a 2D, whatever, just like Mario, but it's the fact that it's just a new concept and a, a new game um, that, that gives you that little bit of uh, nostalgia of the game, but at the same time, it gives you something new. Uh, you know, that's what to me, is, is the key to all the games. Matt? Uh, I would say don't get too attached to one project when you're starting out, and don't take anything people say on forums uh, to heart, <laughs> because people are idiots, and they're very, very mean on forums. True that. And you can work, you can pour your heart into a game, and it can be like the, your culmination of your life's work, or so you feel at the time. And you, you post it up as a work in progress and just want everyone to shower you with glory. And instead, you know, you just get a bunch of just a bunch of like really crappy feedback or 
Oh, uh, one time, the reason I'm, I'm sort of soured on these forums is uh, we posted this our zero vector work in progress up on this work in progress forum, and some guy reviewed it, reviewed a work in progress, gave it a zero out of ten, and went onto all of our YouTube videos and posted comments saying, "Do not buy this game. Don't get suckered into doing it when they're when they're finished with this game." And it was just like so shocking, and as I just wish I hadn't hadn't. Uh, tied myself to that project so much, become so emotionally invested in what people had to say about it. You just have to learn to let things uh, roll off your shoulders, I guess. Yeah, look at look at the um, the comment section of any YouTube video, and you'll see how many haters <laughs> there are out there. Um, my my advice would be definitely to be open minded and outgoing um, about about. It's really about. You know, when you're meeting the people that you're going to be working with, and uh, it's it's really a good experience to, to um, it's a social experience. You know, gaming is not for the hermit, even though <laughs> all the nerds seem like we are. But um, we work together, and it, that chemistry is really important. Bill, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with the social aspect of uh, of, of things. You know, just really bouncing ideas off each other, and I mean, let's. Let your imagination run wild. I mean, come up with some kind of new concept, you know. Um, think about what you've played and then take that into account and think about well, what haven't you played. Like, what kind of game would you like to play? Um, and what direction should we run with it? And, and you know, the guys on this team, it just it, it was great. I mean, there was a lot of laughter in the brainstorming session that followed the, uh, the re- you know, receiving the... Uh, the concept of you know, what you know the, the game theme, you know, and then we had a brainstorming session, a lot of laughter, a lot of a lot of crazy ideas, and we eventually kind of slimmed it down to you know a smaller amount kind of thing. But you know, then you know you just kind of take your let your imagination go and and you know build it as you go and you know roll with it. Uh, especially on that forty-eight hour timeline, man, that's <laughs> that can be a doozy. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, thank you guys for sitting down, taking some time talking to us and letting us play your game and see what that's all about. For anybody listening that wants to check the game out, it's defaultdan.com is the site. You can go on there, look at the trailer, keep up on the news, and download the beta and do all that great stuff. I'll include in the show notes the address for the Steam workshop place here that I'm looking at. It's just a little too long to say on here. And also, it looks like they're on Twitter, Default Dan Game. So follow them on that. And again, thank you guys. I wish you the best of luck, and I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with in the future. Yeah, take care, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Yep. Thanks a lot.